Welcome to Career Tours. A few weeks ago on Manager Tours, we released a series of casts which were a compendium of our email guidance. Over the last 14 years, we have done a number of casts about email, but we never put it together all in one place. And that's what the compendium was intended to do. After we released those casts, we got an email from a listener who said, I'd never listened to the cast on managing email until the recent three casts. Yesterday, I reorganized my Outlook email boxes per the guidance on rules and automatically putting things in different folders. Then I reviewed my emails quickly, noting the tasks on my GTD list. Then my email box was at zero. I performed the task I had noted and I finished them. And I suddenly seemed to have all this time. Guess I need to start getting deeper into my lingering task lists. Well... When we read that, we knew that we should not hide this guidance from the Career Tools audience. This week, we're in the third week of that compendium, and hopefully you're getting the same results as this listener. Welcome to Manager Tools. Email Compendium, part three. This cast answers these questions. What is Manager Career Tools guidance on email? Why is three times a day the most important guidance? Where should I start? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Here we go. At Manager Tools, we follow the mantra, measure what matters, and have all read the book by John Doerr. Not surprising, considering Mark and Mike are both engineers by trade and get more excited over data than winning the lottery. If you fall into this camp, you may want to consider bringing Manager Tools on-site with our client Effective Manager Training, where each attendee receives a roadmap license and your organization gets reporting on the implementation of new behaviors. It's all included in our daily rate of $15,000. After all, life is about measurement, and if results and retention matter to you, then our guidance will bode well in your organization. Contact Maggie at manager-tools.com or visit our website for more information. This cast, we get to the uh, the fun part, if you call doing email fun, which I do not, frankly. Given all the guidance we talked about last week, how do we actually do email when we do it? The two cornerstones of being effective with email is to corral it into scheduled times, no more than 30 minutes three times a day. I think for many people, 15 minutes three times a day is completely doable. If you only get 100 mails a day, you're only talking about processing, let's say, 30 in 15 minutes, which when you think about the type of mail you get, isn't that big a deal. So now we've eliminated doing mail any other time during our scheduled time. Now, you can make an exception. You can can say, I'm going to look for mails for my boss uh, throughout the day. Nothing wrong with that. Or have your phone set an alert, or even your desktop or laptop have to set an alert that if you get an email that is marked urgent, as crazy as that may be, it would alert you in some way. Now the question is, okay, how do you actually do mail? What what do you actually do, and how do you actually do it? And one of the biggest things, and by the way, there's been research on this. This is not just our opinion. The way you are able to limit your the amount of time you spend on email is touching mail just one time. Whether you have 10, 20, 100 emails, your goal during your email processing time is to read, action, delete, forward, respond to, et cetera, all the possible things you can do. All of the mail you have gotten since you last opened mail. 
the goal is empty your inbox. And I think in light of the move to badges and notifications since mobile devices, I'm shocked at the number of people who um, have tons of badges on their phone and they tell us that, you know, it bugs them. So we'll get rid of them. And, you know, just don't have notifications. If you have a badge on your email all the time saying you always have mail, you don't need it. In addition, there are people I know that says, no, no, I need to know I have mail. I said, how low has the number gotten? They said, oh, like 80. I'm like, well, have you ever gotten below 80? He says, no, I don't, I don't think so. So those 80 really aren't important. And then we get into the whole, well, I'm saving him because it's easier to search on unread. And oh, okay. And then at 50 times a day, you look down and have a reminder that there's work left to be done when, when in fact, you can't do it. And what's more, they actually keep track of how many mails they have by doing some mental math, subtracting 80 from 94 and saying, oh, I have 14 emails. I just find that wasteful relative to a peaceful and strong mental attitude. So we've limited the amount of time we have for email. And now what we're going to do is we're going to go through all of our email and get to inbox zero during that time. One of the underlying principles here is you don't take your time. You are not strolling through mail. Part of the reason why so many of us spend so much time on mail is because we don't schedule time for it. And lacking scheduled time for something that's important, it fills up all of your free time, a la my story about water in the kitchen earlier. You don't ponder, you don't sit back and say, this is my chance to commune with email. You don't think as much as you normally do. You don't edit and re-edit and engineer to death every message. There might be one or two messages every evening or every morning that you may have to edit and sit on for five or 10 minutes. You open the mail, you answer the mail, or you forward the mail or whatever it might be, and then you're done with it. You drive the time you spend on email, each email down enormously. You don't mark as unread. You read something, and if it's not really necessary in an ongoing project or system or something, you delete it. You work to get through your mail as fast as you can, not taking time with each one to carefully consider it until the next thing comes up on your calendar. Your goal is to get rid of things. You work quickly. You're trying to finish in the time you have or even faster. Now, we're not suggesting you get frantic. You don't have to speed up. If you only have 30 mails, the vast majority of emails are not something that take four or five minutes to answer. You're told something you need to know or something's forwarded to you that you need to read and then decide how you're going to distribute it. Well, read it and then decide. It doesn't have to be perfect. If you leave one person off a particular forwarding, it's not the end of the world. And perhaps the most important thing is too many people look at mail, open mail, and then do whatever's in the mail. And now you're doing two separate things at the same time. And it's no wonder that time spent doing, quote, email, unquote, balloons. But again, if somebody gives you some work to do and you have three different things to do, 
trying to decide when to schedule it and what you have to do is very different from doing the actual task. During the time we schedule for email, we don't do the actual task. If there's a deliverable, we write it down somewhere else, we capture it, and we respond to the mail if it requires a response or forward it if it needs it, or simply read it and then go on to the next mail. And now we have a deliverable. Maybe it requires me to update a spreadsheet because I forgot to do it over the weekend. And so I make a note that I need to do that. I either make a deadline that has to be done by a certain time. But again, I'm not going to do it right now because right now I'm doing mail. Or I schedule some time on my calendar to get it done. Something else that really matters. When you're working on mail, you're working on it in order. I mean, so few people today have inboxes, physical inboxes. Uh, They're almost a quaint vision of the past. But one of the things that would happen with inboxes, there'd be files and papers and so on in there. When you decided to process your inbox, some of you who know getting things done will like, like that, you go through all of it and decide what's most important and what's urgent. You don't just take the thing on top because, in fact, the thing on top came in last. That's last in, first out, which is not recommended. So you're looking for rationales for deciding what's going to be done first. What that means then is actually organizing your email inbox around priorities, around matters of importance. I talk about this all the time. There are a couple of email rules that are easy to remember that resonate with most people. Probably the most common email rule is no email is urgent. But in terms of processing email, you're required to know everything that's in your email within 24 hours. It's a rule. It's sort of a professional rule. And you're required to reply within 48 hours. So if you don't read it until the 24th hour, you still have some time to reply. Now, I know many of you say, no, that's not the rule. The rule is my, my boss expects a reply immediately. I find it interesting. I think it's just weird that somehow these really dumb rules have been created in the email world. It's almost like the new rule in corporate strategy is throw darts at a board. Well, when it comes to email, any email my boss sends is urgent. And he is sitting there waiting for a reply. Now, you don't know this is wrong until you're a manager and you've sent an email to your directs and you never wait around for a reply. And then that goes into the whole thing of people complaining that they're in meetings all the time. So in other words, people are creating emails for their directs during meetings and then expecting a reply during meetings. It's no wonder that meetings are so terrible. And everybody complains about this stuff and very few people want to do anything about it. Okay. So you've got 24 hours to reply. You've got 48 hours, I'm sorry, 24 hours to read, 48 hours to reply. And I don't suggest you need to take that long with your boss, but those are the generally accepted rules. And it goes a step further. Another rule, you can't create a deliverable for someone else unless A, you're authorized to create a deliverable for them. Okay. Just because somebody thinks they can put something in your email inbox doesn't mean they can give you something to do. And B, they can't give you a deliverable if you're only copied on the mail. And certainly if you're blind copy, 
which is kind of funny. What that means is you won't get any deliverables in any of the emails you're CC'd on during the day. So folks, guess what that means logically? You don't read any CC emails until the last email processing time of the day. Okay, you don't have to read those because you're copied on them. They're not deliverables. They're not actions. You're so busy doing stuff, you don't have time to know about stuff that isn't yours to do in most cases. I know you want to know everything. You want to keep your hands and everything, but you also want to get all your work done. And you also want to have a family and you also want to go home at night. So you're not going to be able to do everything. That's one of the fundamental problems with work-life balance right now is people think, I don't know what to do, so I'll try to do everything. There's no amount of time in the world to get everything done. And so everybody ends up unhappy. So you don't read any of your CCs. So create a folder in your email inbox that all the copies you get go in a special CC folder, and you don't read those until the end of the day. Less mail to deal with. Next, any emails from your boss go in a special folder. Heck, you can call it boss. And you process that that email first. If you're on distros, if you're on email that is borderline spam, but you still want to get it, put it in a file called distros. Create a rule, put it in a file that says, I'm going to read this again at the end of the day. I mentioned this recently to somebody. I had to go to a client and for some reason, my MacBook Air would not connect to their Wi-Fi system or to their uh, Bluetooth that I was going to present with in their conference room. And so I gave them a copy of my presentation and they presented it with their laptop. And the laptop was a particular person's laptop. And so this person opened their laptop while the screen was connected to it. And I had to email it to her and she used a most popular in the world email software through the web, a web-based client. And so her email screen for, for Gmail opened up and she had 84 mails. Very quickly, I was able to ascertain 84 mails and all of them had come in since midnight. This was nine in the morning. And I didn't see a single mail in the minute that screen was up. She was looking for the mail of the PowerPoint that was in any way vaguely work-related or that was borderline not spam. I couldn't even believe it. So there's a whole nother thing here. If that's what your mail looks like, if you're getting all kinds of spamish stuff and so on in your email inbox, that's like leaving trash strewn around your desk and having to wade through it every day. You need to get with Marie Kondo and Discover that if that thing doesn't give you joy, you need to, you don't need to delete it. You need to unsubscribe from it. Okay. There are a bunch more rules and this is, we're not going to list all the possible rules and so on, but you can imagine where having folders and processing mail in order matters. And the boss folder is most important because you have to look at those mails first to determine whether or not there's anything like a time bomb waiting to go off. And you may choose to stop processing mail at that moment because the boss just dropped the bomb on you. Some bosses still, you know, the boss isn't coming in that day and they send an email with a urgent request saying, you're going to have to go to two meetings for me today because I have to take a sudden trip to Los Angeles for a meeting my boss just told me about. I can't imagine an intelligent person seeing an email 
that it's not a text. It's not a phone call. It's not a Slack message. It's, it's, it's an email. Ah, I find that annoying, but that's what you do. You process your email in order and you process it like an assassin. It's that time of the year again. We're bringing our effective manager and effective communicator conferences to Denver. It's kind of like Christmas in July because we only come once a year. When we're there, it's a fun and jam-packed couple of days. We bring gifts, the gift of knowledge that is, and then we leave again for a full year. Don't miss your chance to join us July 23rd and 24th. Register today at manager-tools.com forward slash training. Now, what can you do with email? Obviously, you can delete it. Delete it if it's unnecessary. You know, you probably don't need to send all those emails that just say thanks. If you get an email that confirms that somebody got something that you sent or they requested or something or came in the snail mail or something like that, you don't need to respond to that. Most people can be pretty aggressive with the delete key, and you don't need to keep all your mail. You can choose to wait on something. Put an email in a a waiting folder. If you don't have the information you need to answer it, and you'll know you'll have it shortly, Put it in a folder with waiting and then create a task to keep track of, okay, I got to respond to that mail. Action it. That is schedule it. That means I get the mail. There's a deliverable in there for me. I make a note either as a time or as a task, whatever software I use, pen and paper, whatever. And then I respond to that mail saying, I will do it, or you'll have it, or I'm on it, or I need something to do it. And then I'll, I'll have it to you so on. And then that mail is processed and that mail, that mail doesn't exist. Yes, you have a task associated with it, a deliverable that came from it, but the mail is now done and processed. We don't leave unread email in our inbox as a reminder of tasks to get done. And for many managers, there's plenty of stuff you could do to delegate. Now that requires, if you're going to forward mail, not just send an FYI to your direct, but say, hey, listen, the mail below is from my boss. He's asked me to do ask. I'm an ex. I'm asking you to do it. Come see me sometime this morning for a couple minutes, and I'll explain the details behind it. And I just want to go a little further on the whole task list thing. Email is not a task list. Oh, my God. I know so many people that that is what they think of their inbox is their task list. It's amazing the number of people that work that way. And people don't realize the the emotional, the mental strain that's caused by the fact that you have a physical inbox, your desk, you have work that is happening on your computer, creation of documents, scanning of documents, uh, reviewing documents, reading things, and so on. That's another inbox. And then you've got your email inbox, and then you've got text messages, and then you've got Slack, instant message, or whatever. I think mentally, though, it's the wrong framework. People who do that often then start thinking of doing work as doing email. Of course, they're doing work because they're doing their task list. But that, for a number of reasons, is wrong-headed thinking. Yeah, look, the problem with using your inbox as a task list, every time you look at a mail, you have to generate contacts for that context for that mail again. It doesn't have alarms. It doesn't have tagging. It doesn't have a way to show due dates or dependencies. It doesn't have context for other stuff relative to the work itself. It also encourages you, if you're using your inbox as a task list, to have multiple emails open at the same time. 
you make the same decision over and over again, and then you defer it over and over again. And then when you come back to your desk, you've got a whole bunch of work sitting in front of you, and it's work that you haven't done. This is one of the reasons why once a deadline is passed for something, a deadline with a half-life only gets worse. Because once you know you've missed the deadline and it's been sitting on your desktop and you haven't done it, it just makes it easy to keep not doing it. Let's go further and talk about what you can do technology-wise. Look, when it comes to your mail software, I think we mentioned this before, one way to not check mail when you're at your desk or on your laptop or even a device is you look down and you don't have any new mail. And the answer to that is you don't ping the server for mail all the time. I know people whose software they use to read mail and process mail pings the server every minute. I know a guy who says, yeah, I configured mine to ping it every five minutes or something. I said, why? He says, well, I just got to know. Okay. So you don't actually have to know. You have a, a disease and you're addicted to something that's not helping you, but um, go ahead, keep smoking. It's fine. Um, something's got to kill you. So you just arrange Outlook or whatever to not get mail. Now, this is, in my opinion, one of the problems, which has caused me to stay away from web-based email software. Mike, you and I were talking the other day about, you know, we were frustrated with Apple Mail. We're not 100% satisfied with it. And I've tried Outlook for the Mac and Outlook doesn't work the way I want, even though it, overall in my career, it's probably the most important piece of software I've ever used. And you mentioned, maybe you'll just use Gmail, which certainly is a legitimate choice. And folks, don't don't send me emails, please, on your favorite email client. Yes, I don't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, email is a good example of something that most people don't get trained on. And yet we all have our own individual workflows. They're very idiosyncratic. And we have failed over time to see it as something that has to be done, something about which we can learn something from. And we tend, because of the idiosyncraticness of email, to not learn proven effective techniques to reduce the pain and suffering associated with it. But the problem I was getting to was web-based email. The moment you open it up, you know you have mail. Whereas I have my mail client up all day but it only gets mail when I tell it to. In addition, I can still write mail anytime I want. And I suspect that blew some people's minds there that, oh, the only time I write mails is when I'm, you know, when I'm responding to mails or something. No, I want to be able to write mails whenever I want, mainly because I'm a manager, but I don't want to get mail necessarily. So I send a mail and I don't tell my email client to go grab mail. So looks like I don't have any mail. I know there's mail waiting on me, but I have other priorities. Just like I know there's work to do every night when I go home and I go home to my family because I have other priorities besides work. So tell your uh, the email client to only ping the server when you want it to. Tell it to only do it three times a day. Don't have mail come in when you're not processing mail. And look, we, I think we've said this a billion times, turn off all those stupid alerts. No sound, no icon, no notification, no badge, no anything. I can't imagine 
having a notification that you got mail and grabbing your phone out of your pocket or looking at your laptop when you're in a conversation with your boss. And most people say, yeah, yeah, I, you know, gosh, I, I wouldn't do that. Okay. But now you've established that there are things that outrank mail. The moment you've done that, it's simply a question of, okay, where does this fall in the hierarchy? So be careful. Don't get distracted. Turn off toast. I mentioned to somebody once, the reason Microsoft calls that little thing that slides up when you have mail from the bottom, I think it's the bottom right-hand corner of your computer screen that you have mail, which by the way, for most of us, as often as we complain about how much mail we have, it would happen quite frequently. They call that little thing that slides up and goes back down toast, not because it looks like toast out of a toaster, but because if you start looking at it, you're toast. You don't have time to be dealing with, oh, look, every time I get a new inbox, I have to stop working. I see a lot of my work as a bit like a pivot table in Microsoft Excel, where if somebody interrupts me, I, I have an enormous investment of time in being down in the well and then to come back out every time I got pinged with mail would just be absolutely crazy. I mentioned rules and inboxes a little bit ago. I just come back to them for just a second. In addition to an inbox for your boss, you got to have one for your peers. You got to have one for your directs. You read your boss's mail first, and then you read your team's mails next, and then your peers last. And then others, people whom you don't know, when you're doing mail, you look at a new mail that doesn't have any rules applied to it. I think I have like 30 rules in mail that do different things with my mail. If there's a new mail that comes in that doesn't have a rule applied to it, you figure out what you want to do based on that mail and you apply a rule to it. In fact, now with the amount of mail I get, I don't finish an email processing time on my calendar without creating one or two or three new rules simply because I want the added efficiencies going forward. I don't gradually want my email to be a few things that are rules-based and a bunch of things that are not. But the great thing about this way of doing email is I have plenty of time to do that, to create a new mail and say, okay, if I get an email in from this one, it goes into clients. If I get an email from this one, it goes into you know, corporate learning uh, if I've subscribed to a uh, distro or something like that. I mentioned the CC folder. You can also have a folder for every project you're working on. If you're working on something and you're getting email uh, and you get an email about a particular project and inadvertently that folder in your client software has been deleted, the email just stays in your inbox. So you're not creating any sort of fragile or frail system by creating subheading folders. What's more, once every couple of weeks, you realize some folders are old and you can delete them. You know, if you did a project a year ago, I really doubt you need that mail. Now, if it's really important to you, drag all the mail out of there, put it in an archive folder, and then delete the folder. But I usually just delete the folder with rare exception. All this stuff is pretty simple, really. And it's designed to save me a bunch of time. If you do those two things, schedule time, and then start managing how efficiently you manage that time within the scheduled time, you'll discover uh, you will be free of email anxiety within a week or two. 
That's it, everyone, for this week. We'll finish this one up next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long, folks. 